0: Nolan messes with my microphone and don't know where it is by the time I get up here. Uh, some of you will be, we have one of those, we have a, um, a younger church uh, by average, our age is, is a younger church, and so younger churches oftentimes are, um, are gone around the holidays. Um, so if I don't see you between now and then, may the Lord bless you and keep you on Black Friday. That is a dangerous time, it isn't, uh, it's, it's the time of the year where people filled with Christmas spirit uh, murder each other for TVs, <laughs> and it's, a, it's, a, it's a good day all around. Uh, now what's interesting about all that time is our, our instinct is to get more, to have more, to, to purchase, to purchase, to purchase. We're, uh, we are consumers. And that's, that's fine in and of itself until you get to the point where it's dividing you and your relationships, where you're envious of somebody or you want what they have. One of the girls can walk out of Nolan's room with one of his things, one of his things that he hadn't, hasn't played with since he was born, And if he is in the proper temperament for such an incident, he will say, "Mine." No! He wants it. His desire for stuff can ruin a relationship. Maybe you've been there where your desire for stuff has uh, hurt. A lot of times when this happens is whenever a loved one dies, maybe a grandmother or a mother, father, passes away, and everyone's really sad, and then uh, one of the stages of grief is anger, and a lot of times that is, um, that we flex that muscle at the reading of the will. Um, they want to give away this thing. Wait, I said I want, it, it can be horrific. It can be a horrible thing for families to go through whenever they're grieving, but they want the stuff. And I tell you, that, that happens so often. It tells us more about our, our human nature, is that we think that stuff will heal our wounds. We think those things will make it better. And it doesn't. In the Hebrew culture, the, 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 especially in Jesus' day, the way they did it, uh, technically, the oldest son was supposed to get a double portion. So if there are five sons, you divide the uh, the inheritance by six, give the oldest son two of those portions, and the rest of them, the, the other portions. It's simple math. Uh, ladies, you don't get anything. That's just a rule. You get a husband. Good job. Um, but back in that time, that's just the way it was. You, you, the men split it up. The, the oldest son got a double portion. If there were two sons, split it into three. The oldest son got two-thirds, and the youngest son got a third. Of, so don't walk out. I'm done with fractions. Got a third. Okay, what the rabbis were teaching at that time, that's what the law said. What the rabbis were teaching was: it is more noble for the oldest to divide it evenly. So the the oldest would take his double portion, split it in half. I'm sorry, I told you I was dumb with fractions. Would split it in half and then divvy it up among the the rest of the family. That was more noble. It wasn't required by law, but it was more noble. And so an old, you know, you get you would get to the age of 30 32 and your father would pass away and he would give you the inher- you would get the inheritance before he passed away and then once the father passed away the sons if they were noble by ra- uh, rabbinic standards they would divvy it up well Jesus is approached about just this sort of uh Situation by what it seems, what seems to be a younger son. Someone in the crowd said to him, "Teacher, Rabbi, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me." So he he gets some, but he wants his brother to to split it equally. Jesus' reply says, "Man, who appointed me a judge?" The Greek here says, "A judge, Judy." Because that seems like the situation she would be dealing with if I had ever watched that show and were a sinner. <laughs> Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life does not consist, it is not made up of an abundance of of possessions. The, what, what that tells us is it's made up of something else. Life is made up of something, but it's not an abundance of possessions. How many of you think your phone is awful? Right? <laughs> I wasn't really looking for a raise of hands, but some of you felt it so strongly. awful, awful. When someone's sending me a picture of their child from miles away, instantaneous. It's not as instantaneous as hoped. Like we we are so hard on this mir- this miracle in our palms. Like you can ask it anything. And I was telling the Bible class this morning. I I went to sleep before the the. That the game was over, and I got up and said, Hey Siri, what was the Razorback score? And it said, LSU crushed the Razorbacks <laughs> like a jerk, just rubbing it in. Told me the score, and I forgot it. But your phone can do amazing things. But what happens, and and listen, this is fine. This isn't sin, but what happens in human nature is we're just constantly setting a new standard. Can you imagine if you went up to just, you, you don't even have to go to someone in the 1800s, just early 2000s and show them your phone. Like, they're still flipping that sucker open in the early 2000s. You're like... Hey, I got music on here. Really? You get to have music on your phone? How much music? All the music that's ever been created. I can access it right here. Just push a button. B52s, got it. Thank you. I'm glad someone... B52s. Wait, were they the Red Red Wine or the... Love love shack? Oh, yeah. I just got someone to yell Love Shack in the church. I quit. <laughs> oh, goodness. We'll edit that out of the video. do just think, why did Benjamin's face just get redder for no reason? Oh, goodness. Shake it off. That's Taylor Swift. But it's all on your phone. Like it's all on your phone. Like every bit of it. Like we, we have like the coolest things and we're not happy with it. We have We have the most stuff and we're not happy with it. We drive by food to get to food. We are privileged. We are wealthy. We have so many things and it can be tempting because they're all around us that we can start thinking that our life consists of an abundance of possessions. And Jesus says, no, that's not what life is made of. I'm not even going to settle y'all's fight. Because that's not the point. The point isn't about who gets what. The point is you make sure you know that life isn't about who gets what. And then he tells this story. The The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. I think that's pretty interesting. That it's not the rich man who gets the harvest, it's the ground that does it for him. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, Okay, the Greek here is so funny because they don't translate it in the NIV, but he actually says, I'll say to myself, Self? So? Maybe that's just funny to me. (laughs) I'll say to myself, Self, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him... This is actually one of the only parables God comes in as an actor in in the story. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Okay, so... There, there's, there's an interesting debate under the surface here about who's killing this guy. Is it God? Like the actual Greek says, this very night, they will take your life. They will demand your life. When, when, they, when they say things like that in Greek, it's not saying like anybody specifically will take your life. It's just, you're going to die. Tonight, you're going to die. God's not calling him. God's not killing him. The angels aren't coming and taking his life. It's just that his life is going to pass from him. God knows it, and he's telling him This very night, you fool, you will die tonight, and then who gets your stuff? Because when you die, you don't get to fit a lot of other things in there with you. And if you do, it just makes that place cramped. You know, we value things that don't value us back. And this parable is about a man who didn't have any other relationships. Notice who he's asking for advice. Himself. He thought to himself. What should I do? He's talking to himself the whole time. And Jesus says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but isn't rich toward God. Our life is constructed with stuff A life that is constructed with stuff pales in comparison with a life that is built on the love of God and the church and community that God produces. I thought, yeah, you can have stuff. Like, we're not... Listen, get the new phone. That's fine. You're not sinning by getting the new phone. You're not um, sinning by going and putting your hand on a TV at... Black Friday, at Walmart, they do that now. That's how you do it. I don't know if you know that. But you go into Walmart, they start Black Friday on Thursday at 6 o'clock because that makes sense. And you can go in and you just kind of put your hand on things. Like, touch it. I've got, this is mine. And when it's ready, you get a thing. But you've got to put your hand on it. Um, I will pay somebody $7 on Black Friday to just go put your hand on a box of Pop-Tarts Just glare at people. <laughs> Stare at them. That's what you do. You got you got. To go get your stuff. Go get your TV. Go get... Buy the new truck if you want a new truck. That's a big thing around here. New truck. Got a new truck. That's fine. That's fine. We are not saying that your possessions are making you evil. But if your life... Is constructed on an abundance of possessions, that's going to fall through really fast. You're committing your life to things that can't love you back, to things that can't commit back to you. Jesus said, It's all going to be wasted in the end. But when we die, we still have, we can take our relationship with God with us. We can take our relationship with the church, with God's people, with us. And there's no question of, oh, well, who then will get your relationships? I keep them. Who then will get your relationship with God? I'll keep them. Who then will get your salvation? I'll keep it. God gave that to me, and I keep it. As I die, as I'm resurrected, I keep my salvation. Jesus then goes on to do this this long teaching about do not worry. He says, go into the field, look at the flowers, look how good they're dressed, way better than you. Why would you worry about the clothes that you wear? What about the birds of the air? They're fed, you'll be fed, you'll be fine. And he finishes off that teaching in verse 29, or starting in verse 29, and says, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, do not worry about it. For the, pagans, the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, Jesus says, little flock. This is, I, there's no really good way to translate this into our language. I mean, little flock is the correct translation, but we don't use this sort of terminology. Like sweet people, like great people, honored, loved people. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. Your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. God is happy with giving you the kingdom. Are we happy being given the kingdom? A lot of times we can focus so heavily on what we are getting that we will miss what God is giving. We can't experience what God is blessing us with. What do I get? What do I get? What do I get? I remember a couple of presents from Christmas when I was growing up. And I don't know if I remember them or if I I just remember them because they were videotaped and we used to watch the videotapes (laughs) because... what else are you going to do into Queen Arkansas? And we would... But I only remember a few. But I remember what it feels like to do Christmas with my family. And I can't tie that to any gift. I remember what it feels like at Thanksgiving... At my grandmother's house. In the same way. The stuff can just get in the way. It can be a drug that you think will will save you. Will make you feel better. And it might make you feel better for a short amount of time. But you're not going to be happy with what you're going to get. Until you can learn to be happy with what God is giving. That's, that's just, Jesus lays that out. We can't, we, listen, this is the most straightforward parable. It's hard to tell this parable and say, okay, what he actually meant is, no, what he meant was, you're gonna build bigger barns and you're gonna die, and what then? You're gonna get more stuff, and then what then? And sure, we could, take, we could figure out, well, maybe he should have given that to the poor, and maybe he should have done this. And yeah, there's some great teaching lessons there. But the, the tower that we build on our own possessions. Jesus says, and he says this later, sell all of that and follow me. There may be some things you need to not buy because you're so enthralled with how they're going to make your life better. There may be some things you need to sell because they're getting in the way of your relationships. But The priority here isn't about more stuff or less stuff. The, the, the lesson here is about where do you build your life? What is your life made of? What do you value? And do you love things that can love you back? Or do you just love things? Our phones never love us. Actually, we say the opposite, don't we? My phone hates me. That's what people say when their phone's messing up. My phone hates me. All your phone is capable of is hate. but it's the love that we find in each other, the difficult love, the love that is is hard fought, that is committed to. That sort of love is worth more than you can ever imagine. I can't imagine a life that didn't lead me to this place. That didn't lead me to my family. That didn't lead me to the Mineral Springs Church of Christ. And it's not like life was perfect. It's just this place values relationships. And I'm I am so appreciative of that. I, I went to a conference this this past week, and every time I go to a conference, I'm reminded of how awful human beings can be. Because you just have these wounded preachers who've been harassed and fired, and uh, they, they talk about things like, yeah, you get those letters in the mail. And I just wonder, what letters are they getting? What do these letters look like? I don't know. Now, maybe you're getting letters about me, and I'm just oblivious to it. But I don't get it. I don't have a grumpy member. I don't have, all these guys have adversaries. I don't have an adversary. I just have people who love each other and love me and I love you guys. You just, you don't know how rare that. you are to be applauded that you love like you do. And then also encouraged to keep loving like you do. And not just me, but each other and, and, the, and the, 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 the world out there where you show the love of God to other people. And you start valuing that. And you know, because you value that, that that's the most important you can give somebody else. That you can be pleased, because God was pleased to give it to you, that you can be pleased to give them the kingdom. You can be pleased to give them the community that follows and loves and honors this Jesus because He came to earth, died for us, and rose again and is now King. Is your life built on a collection of stuff? So the question here isn't, do you have a lot of stuff? You may have a lot of stuff. That's that's not the question. The question is, is it built on a lot of stuff? Is the coming and going of things what makes, is that what makes your life happy or unhappy? Is the rising and falling of the bank account is that what makes your life happy or unhappy? My grandpa always used to tell me, and I think wrongly so that when when uh, money problems come in the door, love flies out the window. I think what he meant to say was affection. And as we talk about in church, in Bible class, smittenness. I don't know if that's a word. I don't, that might fly out, but a rugged commitment to loving each other is the only thing that will get you through that sort of stuff. When money problems come in the door, shut all your windows and use your love for each other to not let your life be constructed on your bank account. And don't be so concerned with getting that you miss out on what God is giving. Because that will ruin you. You'll die alone, not happy. And there may be people in the room, but you may die alone. Because the things you valued most aren't going with you. Who will get your stuff then? Probably people you don't even like. Those people at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so examine yourself. It may, it may not be the time this morning. Well, it may be. May, this morning may be the time where you come forward and you say, my life is constructed on something that's not God." I've turned something into an idol, and I've tried to make it be God, and it's an awful God, and it's failed me over and over again. And I need to give my life to God. This morning, maybe that's what you need to come and say to the church. Maybe if you're just not quite brave enough to come and say it to the church, maybe it's something you need to say to your spouse on the ride home. Maybe it's something you need to call your kids and tell them, I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've valued things more than i valued you. But whatever it is you need to do to start living a kingdom life, a life that is built on relationships, a, a life that is specifically built on the relationship we have with God through Jesus, and that flows out of that into the relationships we have with people around us if that's what you need this morning, and it is what you need, and you need the church to get behind you and be with you and for you in this process of you looking more and more like Jesus, then please come forward while we stand and sing.